Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. The Tram Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he, is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his court with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations.
with those Lord who those families who lost everything in a fire or some disaster. We thank you, Lord, for being a hedge of protection around us. Please don't remember our men and women on forces. Remember our, our, our government, the Lord. Talk to the President, to the White House, to the State House, to the, to the City Hall, the Courthouse. But please, please remember those judges, Lord. We pray that they make the right decision, Lord. Remember those police officers, Lord, that they, that they would be peaceful towards citizens. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for all your many blessings. We ask all you to keep us in the General Productions at Outlook.com is our email address. We'll be back at the top of the hour for more of gospel inspirational music. Oh, by the way, don't forget, tonight at 8 p.m. is Nation Talk here on Talk to General Radio. We'll see you at the top of the hour. Good morning to you.
Welcome to Day One, the weekly program that brings you outstanding preachers from America's mainline Protestant churches, sharing insight and inspiration from God's Word for your life. Here's our host, Peter Wallace, to introduce this week's speaker. Thank you, Sherry. Today on Day One, we're honored to have with us the Reverend Paul T. Roberts, Sr., President of Johnson C. Smith Theological Seminary in Atlanta, Georgia, a position he has held for the past five years. Paul graduated from Princeton University, and after working for eight years in advertising in New York City, he moved to Atlanta and studied for his Master of Divinity degree at Johnson C. Smith Seminary. He is also an academic fellow of the Ecumenical Institute of Basse in Switzerland. For 13 years, Paul served as the pastor of the Church of the Master in Atlanta, Georgia. Paul, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Johnson C. Smith Theological Seminary is one of 10 theological schools of the Presbyterian Church USA, and the only one that is historically African-American. It has a history stretching back to 1867. But these days, seminaries are facing great changes in order to train ministers and serve the church in new ways. And the past year has been quite a dramatic one for Johnson C. Smith. So in response to this rapidly changing church and society, what's happening at the seminary? For the last 45 years, Johnson C. Smith Seminary has belonged to a consortium of historically African-American seminaries interdenominational theological center. And in light of the changes that you've described, our institution has felt very called to go about theological education in a different kind of way. We didn't always have clarity about what that would look like, but we were pretty clear that uh, the times demanded some radical change. So we withdrew very difficult decision, though the right decision for us. We withdrew our membership from the Interdenominational Theological Center. We took up residence at the offices of the Presbytery of Greater Atlanta in Midtown, the middle of the city. And uh, our decision has landed us in a very unusual and somewhat favorable uh, set of circumstances. Drawing from that consortium, we left behind faculty. Hmm. Johnson C. Smith Seminary now is uh, in a very intense planning, our business planning, and look forward. And the seminary's new tagline is called to create what's next. And part of that might involve the use of web-based and mobile technology in delivering affordable theological education. Our times seem to call for that. How do you think that will work? I think the times do call for that. We're seeing now students, graduates of seminaries and other institutions of higher learning incurring tremendous mm. amounts of debt, student mm. loan debt. And so affordability is, is going to be key. 
so it, it, it's one way that you can deliver education and keep it cost effective is to rely on the digital mm. uh, resources, on the technology. For us, that's going to mean, in the short term at least, that we convene sort of via uh, webinar. people to stay where they are mm -hmm. and still have the benefit of and digital interaction with For your sermon for the second Sunday after Epiphany is based on 1 Samuel chapter 3, the story of the calling of the prophet Samuel. Would you read the text for us? Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel? Samuel! And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he did not call, my son. Lie down again. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel! Samuel, Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Paul, we look forward to learning more about this in your sermon, A Fresh Read. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, Peter. And if you'd like to listen again to today's program or read or share a transcript of Paul Roberts' sermon, visit our website at dayone.org. Or for a free printed sermon transcript, call us toll-free at 888-411-DAY1. In a 2010 biblical commentary entitled The Africana Bible, Reading Israel's Scriptures from Africa and the African Diaspora, published by Fortress Press. Dr. Randall C. Bailey, a noted Old Testament scholar from Atlanta, writes, Traditionally, the Book of Judges gets its name from the charismatic leaders who rescue the Israelites from foreign oppression, such as Jephthah, Abimelech, and Gideon, who are called major judges. With a surface reading of the book and an appreciation for the patriarchal nature of the biblical materials, one would think that the book is designed to lift up new heroes for the people. 
The problem is that all of the male heroes are flawed. Othniel cannot speak up to get a good land allotment. Barak will not go to war without Deborah. Gideon keeps testing God. Ehud is left-handed, which parenthetically was regarded by the ancients as a defect. Manoah cannot get the angel to recognize his authority. And Samson fails to free his people and fails to curtail his womanizing. Bailey goes on to recommend that it may be time for another reading of the book. Dr. Bailey's recommendation is not inconsistent with the words of a very dear family friend, now deceased, who invited my wife and me to her home for tea on a fall afternoon about 15 years ago. A devout Christian from Lebanon with a magnetic personality and the gift of hospitality, she served our tea on a silver platter and filled three fine porcelain cups with an aromatic Middle Eastern brew. As she poured, her eyes sparkled, and she encouraged us to drink all of it so that when we finished, she could read the leaves in the bottom of our cups. Intrigued, my wife and I obliged enjoying both conversation and crumpets as we sipped. Finally, when we were finished, our host gently took our cups and peered curiously into the bottom of each, glancing up at us occasionally with mischief in her eyes, but then quickly redirecting her gaze to the content of the cups. It was great fun, and though I must confess that I do not remember much about the content of her readings, I do remember the wise words that followed. She said, always read thoroughly, lest you miss the most important part. Her words recall what the late Anthony DeMello, a well-known Jesuit priest, identified as an essential life skill, the ability to look ponderously at one's circumstances in order to bring meaning, purpose, and fulfillment to our lives. The Bible offers a story of a pre-adolescent priest-to-be named Samuel. One cannot give adequate consideration to Samuel's legacy, though, without first considering his origins. Samuel's birth is one of those unique cases in the Bible that signal the coming of one who is very special. Like the mothers of some other prominent figures in the Bible, Samuel's mother, Hannah, is childless when we first encounter her. She longs desperately for a son. She's vulnerable. She feels inadequate. Sometimes she is provoked by her husband's other wife. Polygamy was common back then. A wife who does have children. She refuses to eat. If she does eat, she's crying in her soup. Once her husband made a lame attempt to console her by saying, What about me? At least you have me. Am I not worth more than ten sons? No surprise, that didn't work. She still wallowed in her sorrow and was, in the words of singer Larry Gatlin, a broken lady waiting to be mended. This can be said of so many of us, can't it? Day by day, for varied reasons, we cry in our soup. We're broken, many of us. Our bodies are broken. Our resolve is broken. Our hearts, our spirits are broken. We feel like we've fallen and we can't get up. Or can we? About Hannah, 
First Samuel 1, 9 says, Once when they, she and her husband Elkanah, had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, she stood up. Yes, she stood up. After an indeterminate time of feeling depressed over her childless state, Hannah stood up. After enduring years of provocation from her husband's competing lover, Hannah stood up. After suffering the indignities culturally associated in her day with being childless, Hannah stood up. In spite of long-held feelings of worthlessness and inadequacy, Hannah stood up. In an age when all lives may have mattered, but women's lives mattered not quite as much, Hannah stood up. It's not clear what prompted the change in her perspective. Perhaps she was offered some wisdom similar to that of current author Mandy Hale, who wrote, Strong women don't play victim, don't make themselves look pitiful, and don't point fingers. They stand and they deal. Or, since they were in Shiloh, which was the seat and center of Hebrew worship at the time, maybe an encounter with the Spirit of God is what plucked her from her pity party, gave her a fresh read and a new lease, and made her aware of the redemptive power of God and the resilience of the human spirit. Whatever, Hannah stood up. She prayed to the Lord. She and Elkanah conceived gave birth to a son and called him Samuel, a name memorializing the fact that her prayers were answered. As I said earlier, our family friend told us, read thoroughly lest you miss the most important part. Perhaps a better way of saying it for this occasion simply is to use the word discern. Indeed, what I'm describing, I pray not in vain, is the nature of discernment. Without it, our lives are deprived of their fullness and purpose. Thanks in no small measure to his mother, Hannah, the art of discernment is firmly established in Samuel's spiritual DNA. Even so, because of his tender age, as we see in this third chapter, he needs a little help with it. As the story unfolds, Samuel is sleeping in the temple near the very presence of God when he was awakened by the sound of his own name being called out, Samuel, Samuel. Unfamiliar like the rest of us with the sounding call of God, Samuel thinks his mentor Eli is calling him, so he runs in to see what Eli wants, but Eli has not called. Samuel returns to his bed, goes back to sleep, and is awakened by a voice. He runs into Eli's room, but Eli has not called. The same thing happens a third time. Reading the circumstances more thoroughly this time, Eli advises the boy Samuel, go and lie down, and if you hear the voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, 
calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Eli discerns that God is speaking to Samuel. He then teaches Samuel himself how to discern. His mastery of this one skill is perhaps the hallmark of his entire career and establishes him, as one commentator has said, as second only to Moses in his contribution to the vitality of the Israelites. The word discern is not prominent in today's American lexicon, and it shows. An article from the Huffington Post, published in January 2014, indicates that 250 million of the world's 650 million school-age children cannot read. This statistic has dire consequences for global productivity and well-being. I believe it has spiritual implications as well. Why? Reading is an act of interpretation. It is not merely a recitation of words on a page. It's the act of interpreting the meaning behind combinations of words. If we're failing to teach basic reading to a third of our world's children, and mind you, the statistics in the U.S. are not much better, how then will they pick up the more advanced skills of interpretation and discernment, skills such as how to learn from one's mistakes, how not to judge a book by its cover, how to give every human being a fair shake regardless of class, gender, orientation, religion, or racial ethnic identity, how to be objective, how to be students of human behavior how not to take it personally, how not to take oneself too seriously, how to look for the presence of the divine in the expected and the unexpected places, how to hear a voice and be able to distinguish it as the very voice of God, how, when you think you might be hearing the voice of God, to sit still long enough to hear what he has to say. Recently, I was among a group of people that was asked to describe the kind of city we would want to create and live in. All kinds of answers sprung up in people's minds from cities with modern architecture and family-friendly parks to cities shaped by a genuine quest for justice for all people. One respondent wrote, as an African-American male myself and as the father of two African-American male sons, I'm concerned about and am having a difficult time discerning what seems to be a perilous intersection between the men of color in this country and law enforcement. Rooted often, it seems to me, more in fictionalized identity and stereotype than in reality. I want to create and live in a city where difference is not feared but welcomed. I want to create and live in a city where my brown-skinned children are as safe and as valued as any other child. I want to create and live in a city not where the superficial is important, but where the important is important. I listen to 
that respondent. And even now, as those words ring, hear the other voice, the voice of my friend. Read thoroughly, lest you miss the most important. The great Clara Scott, hymn writer from the Midwest, wrote what has become a standard among many congregations over the last 100 years. Open My Eyes That I May See was written in 1895, not long before Clara's death, presumably at a time when her senses, her speech, powers of discernment were growing feeble, not unlike the priest Eli. All the more reason the words of this hymn carry great import for us even today. Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Open my ears that I may hear voices of truth thou sendest clear. And while the wave notes fall on my ear, everything false will disappear. Open my mouth and let me bear gladly the warm truth everywhere. Open my heart and let me prepare love with thy children thus to share. Silently now I wait for thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes, illumine me. Spirit divine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Miller, how is the Day One Ministry helping people and why should you support it? Some listeners explain. Brenda in Pennsylvania says, Every Sunday, Day One gives me a message I can carry throughout my week. Mike in Minnesota says, There's not another program like Day One. It allows you to hear the Word of God from so many gifted voices. David in Texas says, Day One is a remarkable aid not only for a fresh look at a particular Bible text, but as a means to challenge me in my own faith development. And Carolyn in Georgia says, I start my Sunday worship with the Day One program. It prepares me for my church experience, but more than that, it speaks to my heart and gives me the message I need. Please give generously to enable Day One to continue to proclaim this much-needed message on the radio and online in the year ahead. Send your gift to Day 1, 2715 Peachtree Road, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. That's 2715 Peachtree Road, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. Or call us at 1-888-411-DAY1. Or give securely online at day1.org. On behalf of everyone at Day 1, thank you for your support.
Roberts offers some final reflections on his sermon today with our host, Peter Wallace. Paul, the quote you read from Randall Bailey encourages us to find another way of reading the book of Judges and much of Hebrew scriptures because these so-called heroes were also flawed. We do seek heroes of the faith, and we can be disappointed and disillusioned when we realize that they are not perfect, but say more about how we might read these stories differently. When I was preparing to go to seminary, my pastor gave me lots of great advice. One of the pieces of advice he gave me was to engage my biblical studies courses if I'd never read scripture before. Hmm. And he he said to me that the way the the way the Bible is studied in seminary is far different from Wednesday night Bible study mm-hmm. and far different from what I was accustomed to attending Sunday school every week as a child. And I understand now um, we uh, read the Bible, many of us, the way we're accustomed to reading it and the way we have heard it read, and we interpret it the way we have heard it interpreted, the way we thought it was interpreted when we were children. Mm -hmm. So I think the point that Randy Bailey is making and that many seminary professors will make is that we must be aware of what we bring to the classroom, what we bring to any particular reading of Scripture, so that we can be objective and uh, so that we can hear and learn and grow. It's important that it not be a static process. God's revelation comes to us. And we need to read our own circumstances in life carefully, as Anthony DeMello put it. It's an essential life skill to look ponderously at one's circumstances in order to bring meaning, purpose, and fulfillment to our lives, a fresh read. You also called it the art of discernment. How can we go about doing that in a meaningful way? I love Anthony DeMello so much. His, his work, particularly a book called Awareness, very impactful me. It, it, it's not a churchy kind of book. It's not. He doesn't use a lot of religious language. But what he encourages in that book is that we all wake up. Mm-hmm. Indicates that human beings get into a rut, that we live according to our routines and first encouragement is to just wake up from our slumber. In the awakening process, he encourages that we step back, kind of take a a breather, don't stop living, but uh, take a breather and find a way, a moment, a time to look at our lives, at the content of our lives as if we were an an objective third party. I think that's the key. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference in the way we uh, interpret our life's events and of God is moving and like Hannah it empowers us to stand up for justice and for what's right more effectively I would think yes I've, I fully believe that rigors or the busyness of daily life is, is weighing us down we become sort of self-centered we pay for that 
empathy and sympathy for other people becomes very hard to, to advocate on behalf of someone else with your own little slice of the world. So I think that's a great point. Paul Roberts, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Day One is the voice of America's mainline Protestant churches. Visit us online at dayone.org. Our program is recorded and edited by Donald Jones and produced by Peter Wallace. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sherry Miller wishing you all God's blessings on day one and forever. Thank you. 
tonight because everything's going to be all right. Good morning to you and yours on this Sunday morning.
busting it out too for the sir. Everything's gonna be alright. No matter what's going on, everything's gonna be right. It's Al Green. Everything's gonna be alright. Good morning to you and yours here on this early morning gospel this program. Is morning inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. <laughs>
this is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Looking for a lift? Experience a seed from the sore with Michael Guido of Metter, Georgia. One night I saw an old friend who was so lit up that I could read by him. He was staggering from car to car, and I asked, Are you lost? No, he mumbled, but my car is. There are many like him who are lost, and they won't admit it. If you have wandered away from the Lord, you're lost. But you don't have to find him. He has come to find you. You're no further than one step from him. That one step is turning around. When you turn around, you find yourself in the arms of Christ, who loves you and longs to save you. Turn around now. For your free copy of Dr. Guido's daily devotional, Seeds from the Sower, write The Sower, Metter, Georgia, 30439. Visit us on the web at thesower.com. You're so annoying. You're so annoying. Stop copying me. Stop copying me. Mom, tell her to stop copying me. Mom, tell her to stop talking me. Kids will spend 10 minutes copying everything their sibling says. You're such a doofus. You're such a doofus. How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. They have the time. Mom! A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ad Council. Thirty years after his last march in a college band, parade enthusiast Fred Diaz took a big step. Soon after 9-11, he said, This is my calling. This is my time and he formed the Alamo City Community Marching Band. Unlike Fred's college days, this band was for adults. Adults with experience or not, it didn't matter. This marching band was for doctors and lawyers, heavy equipment operators and plumbers. It was for anyone who shared Fred's passion for the camaraderie, the teamwork of a band playing and marching in step. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge. Do you know your calling? Is this your time? What are you waiting for? What is your next big step in the high calling of our daily work? Hi, this is Savannah Guthrie with an urgent story developing right now in every state and county across America. Despite having more than enough food available in this country, there are nearly 16 million kids, that's one in five children, struggling with hunger. They often don't even know where their next meal is coming from. And the worst part is, this has been going on for years. There's no excuse for it, and that's why Feeding America is doing its best to put an end to childhood hunger. As a nationwide network of food banks, Feeding America engages local communities in solving hunger by collecting surplus food, giving hope to hungry kids and their families all across our nation but they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank. You can start by going to feedingamerica.org to learn more. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.
the Lord is paying on me. I'm living life to the full. And enjoy your boy life until it overflow. I'm going in and out of the door for show. With laughter. He leading me to a place of fine pasture. And I'm like, gonna look back, his love got me captured. I'm breaking down on the left and the right. Everything is exposed and I'm living in the light. Transparency holds, I'm looking just like Christ. Right. A lot of haters gonna block the shaft. But none of them wanna applaud me when it's my time. I'ma keep my head high, keep my nose to the ground. Cause in due time, they gon' be saying my rap.
You are giving me a new life. The life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him. Come to the Savior tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself truly to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ our Lord.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.